0: Hey, I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Jesse. And, and we're, we're the, the DMs, DMs of, of Vancouver. Vancouver.
0: We're two newish DMs who are still getting the hang of the whole DM thing.
1: So we sit down with a friend every couple of weeks and pick their brain on their approach to DMing.
0: So come along as we figure out how to help our players have the best time possible at the gaming table. folks welcome to another episode of dms of vancouver today we're going to be talking about using music and props and whatnot in your games today we're talking to emily willis how's it going emily
2: hi pretty good how are you guys doing well doing pretty good
1: yeah so uh, how long have you been playing and running D and what kind of game do you run
2: oh my gosh so i'm fairly new to D, uh just in general um i started playing uh last year i think i think like August. So I haven't even been playing a whole year. And um, our group quit that campaign because we just, we, we couldn't, we weren't, we were, it wasn't really interesting. Um, and my mother-in-law had just bought the Curse of Strahd for me because she saw I was interested in D&D. And I mentioned to my group, I had it. And uh, they were like, all right, let's do this. So I've been DMing since mm, September of last year. Uh, we played, we were doing D&D 5e.
0: Okay, cool. So What does using props for you, what does it add to your game?
2: All of the girls in my group, they're really, like, they're not just visual people, but they also really like to be hands-on. I'm very lucky, also, that I'm married to an artist who my wife is great. She loves seeing me be enthusiastic about stuff, and um, she loves helping to contribute in any way possible. So, uh, oftentimes, if I'm not buying or making them, making props for a game, I'm usually asking my wife, hey, can you draw this thing real quick that I can use as just sort of a, a lead for these, for the girls to use, but I, I find that it really draws everybody into the world a little more. Um, I find that somehow it makes things a little it makes things a little more w- real when you can touch just anything. For example, I had them playing the um, Death House module in um, Curse of Strahd that's in the back of the book that's optional, um, but I wanted to get I wanted to get my guys leveled up a little bit, and um, in it, they they say that there's a toy chest in there, but I thought. Well, I I don't want to go, you know, rummaging or making a toy chest um, in order to like talk with these ghosts. So I went and bought a puzzle box that was pretty cheap off Amazon. And I filled it with all of those little metal, like um, brain teaser puzzles that are really simple. And I told everybody, I was like, you have like two minutes to complete like two puzzles a piece. And then the ghosts will talk to you. Um, And so by doing that, i think that that helped them feel like there were higher stakes um they definitely were really into it like trying just to solve the puzzle box at first and then getting the props out was like the whole second level you know
0: i found that as well like i've i'm running a a homebrew campaign and i've been doing so for about a year now wow it's been a while and um One of the things that I've really enjoyed doing is, like, I'll make, like, instead of just telling them, like, oh, you get a letter or, like, somebody comes up to you, like, a messenger comes up with a message for you, I'll usually, like, write something out. Like, I've been trying to learn calligraphy, and so, like, I'll just write nice little notes and stuff, and uh, what I enjoy doing is, like, usually I've got in mind, like, okay, this person, this character is getting... A special note because it's part of the campaign like i'm here's like a clue to move things forward but i'll usually write up stuff for everybody else uh-huh. like sometimes the because the, they're all mercenaries and one of them is the like squad leader and so nice. like once i i gave the the squad leader a note saying like you have to send in your situation reports <laughs> like just <laughs> little little things like that or just like notes from from family or just like uh-huh mysterious notes that i don't really know what they mean but if the players like really want to go with it like it's a plot hook that doesn't go anywhere yet kind of stuff Uh but i found that they really enjoy like and i also got some uh Wax and stamps, so that like it feels more like you're opening a like a letter in you know from forever ago. So they've really enjoyed that, and like they hold on to all of them. And like whenever I like, sometimes I'll say something and be like, "Oh, I have a letter with that." Like, go rummaging through stuff, and it's. (laughs) That's
1: fun. That's so cool. Yeah, I've I've always enjoyed playing in games where you can get a letter and keep it and like maybe refer back to it later, especially Mm -hmm. if it has something to do with the ongoing plot. It really adds something to it. And I feel like not only like your puzzle box thing, not only does it add stakes, but I think it also adds a sense of accomplishment that you can't always get just from like rolling well.
2: Right. It gives them a different... I guess, I don't know, like it it allows them to have uh, more control, I think, over certain stakes uh, than just a dice roll.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I was, I'm I'm a little bit sad because my group, uh, two of my players have moved uh, into the interior. So we're switching to roll 20 and I had planned something for a session coming up where I was going to, uh, I've got access to a 3D printer I was going to 3D print uh, a custom lock that was going to be on top of a book. Uh, that oh, they'd have to cool. solve that in order to open up the book and, and learn stuff. But uh, I'm going to have to figure something else out. I want to try and do something. And like I've got a little bit of programming skills, so I might try to do something as a web page.
2: Yeah, that would be neat. Like a virtual lock.
0: Yeah, so just something so that they can still have something to interact with. And it's not just a dice roll. Cause I, like, I totally agree that sometimes having to actually figure something out yourselves, like not, not a riddle, but just like, like puzzle boxes or like dividing the meaning of like, what does this letter mean? And being able to like look at it and puzzle about it versus just like, Oh cool. I rolled a, you know, 16 on perception and I figured out the, you know, the button on this box. Like it's, a lot more immersive, I feel, than just, yeah, you rolled and you you figured the thing out.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um the in Curse of Strahd there are three different objects that uh, that you're supposed to like your players are supposed to get, and one of them is the tome of Strahd. And when you read um the supplemental material, I mean it's a pretty basic like sheet of paper that's like, I Strahd did this, and it's like No offense to anybody who, no offense to the people who wrote the book, but it's pretty basic as far as just, like, you know, what what the backstory, quote unquote, of Strahd is. And it's like one page. And I looked at my wife and I said, oh, this will never do. I said, I've built Strahd up to be this character who's so just full of himself. I said, there's no way he would only like he'd burn everything or like he'd only allow this one page of like text to be visible. I was like, I don't care how long it's going to take me. I said, I'm going to write out what I think basically like in detail, what Strahd's like what Strahd would write in his personal journal. So my wife was very great. And she went down to Barnes and Noble and bought this really fun, old looking leather bound, like just blank book. And she was like, here you go. And I spent the entire Sunday before that, that D and D session with a pen that was pretty close to its ink, kind of looked like a fountain pen. And I just wrote stuff down from first person perspective, like going through everything that they said, you know, had happened. But I was like, he's not going to write in full sentences of like, I did this and I went and did that. And you know, Oh, gee, I'm so sad that Sergey took Tatiana or whatever. I was like, I'm going to write this as though this is a man with emotions and he's got everything. So it was super satisfying when they found the journal um, because we had this whole bit at the end where they just it was about like a 20 minute reading session where they all sat around the table and just read aloud this whole journal, um, and they were, you could see them getting invested in it. And I think I have a recording of it somewhere, but it was just so worth it for me that I took the time to spend and just write everything down. Um, where they were like, Oh, this is, this is what this means. And Oh my gosh, like, you know, this is, this is what, um, we gotta, we gotta get a sword now. And this must be what this other clue meant. And it was just so satisfying, um, to watch them, um like interact with that particular prop too and they still have it and they refer to back and forth to it all the time I'm, now throughout i'm the- so
0: happy to hear that you've like made a journal because now i know i'm not the only person <laughs> that's done it <laughs> oh, <laughs> <And> actually, <yeah. laughs> for one of my characters uh she's going to be getting a journal uh from her mentor and i've done a bunch uh-huh. of stuff in there like it's it's mostly like you know day-to-day life stuff of like what's happened to this character since the mentor and his his student like parted ways but it's also got a couple of things like maybe there's, you know, instructions that if you have, you know, if you roll good enough with Arcane or you just spend enough time, you've got a slightly more powerful spell because he's been practicing, because yeah. he's a magic practitioner. Or like maybe here's something that'll get you a better magic potion. But there's also like mm-hmm. story stuff in there. And I'm, it's actually one of my players that. The, one of the two players that moved. So I had to give it to her boyfriend in an envelope and be like, okay, when I tell you, you give this to your girlfriend. <laughs> so that's going to be fun.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, like it, it's, um, yeah, I, I had a bunch of different, um, uh, my wife was really great and she did some designs in the journal, uh, because I was like, well, if, um, if the sword, if the sword is one of the things that these guys need in this game, um, I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Strahd be the one that designed it, and I know where it's where it currently rests, and I think it would work well with that. So, um, so I had Strad, you know, talk about, oh, I might give a sword to my brother, um, and so I said, Anne, uh, my wife, I said, Anne, can you come here and like draw like a couple of like. Like uh things with suns on them because it's you know, it's a sun sword. And she was like, Yeah, sure. So she drew a couple of designs in there to make it look like Strahd had sketched some ideas out, to make it feel a little bit more like an actual person had handled this journal and it was like little scribblings and ideas and thoughts down. Um, I'm really big into just creating things that feel authentic when you look at them and you hold them. So, um I, I think sometimes I go a little overboard.
1: <laughs> well, it's like if you're having fun doing it, it's worth the extra time and stuff right like yeah it's a thing you do for you as much as your players
2: exactly I mean for me it's uh i love doing it but and then i feel like i get uh, a secondary reward after watching everyone just all their faces light up and be like oh my god what is this so it's just totally worth it
1: um all right then uh so how do you si- decide what in-game objects you want to have props for
2: that I think usually what I do is I'll go through and I'll figure out, okay, where do I want my players to go like nebulously? Cause I don't want to dictate what they're doing in the game, but I'm like nebulously, what do I want to accomplish in this session? And then I kind of like look through and go, is there anything I can utilize or make as a prop? Um, and if not, then that's okay. Um, you know, maybe we just don't need it. And I rely a little more heavily on music that round instead of props. Um, But mostly it's just, is this something that a character is going to want to interact with? Is this something that um, is like essential? Are they going to spend a lot of time with this prop? Um, I want it to be sort of like a focal point of the session. So usually I pick things that they're going to remember, um, you know, key ideas, um, just things that, yeah, things that are going to come back around. Um, I I can't take total credit. I was looking up, someone had made Wizard of uh, Winery labels for the Wizard of Wines winery in, um, in Curse of Strahd. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So I made my own labels and I put them on sparkling cider drinks because it, we, it was late at night. Neither of us, none of us wanted to drink. So I put it on like sparkling cider bottles and I brought it in. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, look at that. You guys have some wine to choose from. And uh, that was really early, one of the first first couple of sessions. And now they're back at, like, now they're actually at the Wizard of Wines winery. And they remember all of this. Um, They remember the different types of uh, wine, I think, that I served them. So uh, it definitely brought back, like, sort of a, I guess it was, like, sort of a callback. It definitely brought that back to them. That's
1: really cool.
0: How do you decide, like, it, like kind of spinning off of that, um, you mentioned like sometimes instead of using uh, props, you'll just decide to put in some music. How do you pick uh, what kind of music and where do you get music for, for your games?
2: Um, I I grew up in a really musical household. Um, I love listening to en- instrumental music the most. Um, pop is fun, but um, if nine times out of 10, if you look at my Spotify, it's just all instrumental music. I'm a huge Hans Zimmer person. Um, but mostly I, um, I just... I do. I spend hours and hours while I'm writing, um, just listening to music and I've got them separated into different playlists. Um, I'll sit down and jot ideas down. Mostly I do it through Spotify, but, um, when I used to watch a lot of anime, I had a lot of their, a lot of soundtracks for that too. And sometimes I'll just go on YouTube and search really sad instrumental playlist (laughs) and (laughs) most of the times people will have like all of the markers for like what time everything's like each song starts in like the two-hour block of you know youtube music they've created so i'll just go through and if i don't like the first like six seconds of a song i'm like nope that's not it um because i know what mood i'm trying to create and evoke um Uh, my favorite thing I've trained, I've trained my ladies and they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when they hear this podcast, uh, to know when Strahd shows up, I have a theme for him. I've been using it since the very beginning. I knew that I wanted them to come to attention immediately when Strahd showed up anytime. Um, it's the theme from an anime called vampire night of all things but you wouldn't know it. it's just this really loud uh, organ music that sounds very ominous and yet very refined at the same time and i have this laugh i found i don't even know where i think it might have been again on youtube looking for sound effects i found this really deep laugh so it's a three second laugh and then immediately my playlist goes into this this music um, and every single time it works like a charm, you'll always hear them be like, oh my God, Strahd's here. Where is he? He's in the room. Um, they all just like <laughs> panic the minute that you hear the first two notes of that song. And they're like, oh my God, it's Strahd. It's Strahd. That's a,
0: oh, what's the term? A uh, motif or some, some fancy yeah, term like that. Chief. Yeah. <laughs> I've, that's actually a yeah. really good idea. Like of using, like if I had m- more musical talent and I, and I was like, doing an intrigue game then like you definitely have like the leitmotif when you're in the throne room and you you know you start introducing all these characters and then like if i had more musical talent i would probably want to do something like modifying it a little bit so that like when you're out in the village and you can play like a modified version and if they notice they'll be like oh wait this is that guy's music he's going to be around here somewhere but it's different so like is he shape-shifted like that kind of thing (laughs)
2: I have – so the reason I picked the theme for Strahd is there's actually a secondary theme for it, and uh, it's going to go when they finally get to his castle. So it's going to be an expanded theme. Every single town has its own theme. Every single NPC have their own theme. Sometimes they (laughs) don't know it yet, but every single NPC has their own theme. Uh, Every time, like, certain things happen, like if there's something really tragic that goes on or, like – I don't know. like uh, if somebody is tell like one of the NPCs is telling someone something, there's always a variation to that theme, or there's always something that relates to that theme. So there's a toy maker. All of his stuff always has like a music box theme to it. So um anytime he talks, there's always some kind of like depending on what he's talking about, what the mood is, there's always a like a sound of like toy box That's music super cool. happening. Um, or like a music box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm like really, I'm really um big into just like uh, sort of like overwhelming the senses auditorily. So sometimes I'll also go in and there's a uh there's oh gosh, what is this thing called? I have this app on my phone and it's great. Um, let's see, it's under my I have a whole section for DNZ stuff. Ambient mixer. Um I use that. All the time, I've created my own mixes for the different towns, the different settings. Um, I had them, you know, they they uh, they burn uh, an entire town burned down around them, basically. And I was like, okay, here you are in this burning town, and it's just the sounds of fire and church bells and screaming. And I'm like, have fun getting out of this town. You guys have to think over these sounds because this is the kind of pressure so, you would be dealing
0: with. So um... so. Aside from that, that ambient mixer, like what other tools do you use to play, to play music and stuff? Because it's something that I've, I've tried to do in the past with like a, a tablet and using tabletop audio, and I've tried a couple of different websites or apps that do that kind of thing. And Maybe it's, it's probably mostly me and my slightly scatterbrainedness that like trying to remember, oh, I've got to switch to this next music cue or this next song. Uh, How do you handle that stuff when you're playing a game?
2: I, I listen to a lot of the music in the car. I remember what they sound like. I remember what each thing sounds like. I also, um, I'll go in and I'll change all of the music titles to say you play, like, let's see if I look at my, so I have, I have a playlist on my Spotify, a playlist on my, uh, on my iphone just like the regular music and then i have everything on ambient mixer that i need but uh for my strahd playlist let me see if i can find it here so i have like welcome to barovia vistani camp strahd main theme welcome to Valiki so i have all of these listed and some of them are phrases that i would be saying anyway like welcome to barovia and that also reminds me hey by the way you should definitely play this when you say that So I have, sometimes I'll just go out and take all the titles out of the songs anyway, and just retitle them so I remember. Um, I'm not sure how I have my system, like, just sort of there. I I think it just sort of works for me, however I've got it um, managed, but I just play it all through my phone. We used to have my friend's Bluetooth speaker, um, and we used to play it through that, but at some point it just got to the point where i was like i'll just play it on my phone it's fine the speaker's good enough and then i don't have to bring a laptop
0: so how do you integrate other kind like different all the various props and whatnot how do you integrate all those into your into your game
2: sometimes i'll just sort of toss them out and i'll be like okay here you go um Most of the time it's pretty smooth, but sometimes I'll just sort of, um, if I can't find a good segue, my group is great. They're, they're super patient and, um, they're really enthusiastic to anything I want to throw at them. So sometimes I'll just like throw stuff out and be like, okay guys, here's this. I'm going to give you the rules or I'm going to tell you what you need to do. And then you guys just go for it. And they do. And it's really great. Um, I feel like there's a lot of synchronicity that happens between myself and the other four, um, But other times, um, sometimes they will just take stuff and run with it. And it's really fun because I won't give them instructions. And it'll turn into something completely different. Um, One of my favorite things was, I've got two. um, My, I I needed to get across the idea that um, a lady-in-waiting was missing from one of these towns. And I said, well, I don't want an NPC to just walk by and be like, gosh, did you hear about the lady-in-waiting that's missing? Um, (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) they were going to interview anybody they were really set on what they were doing um they had like their own plans for stuff so i was like this isn't gonna work so instead i decided i was gonna have a bunch of advertisements or just like wanted stuff Up on this pole in the middle of town, and they were going to walk right by it anyway on the way back to their inn. So I just said, Oh, by the way, well, you know, roll for perception, see what you guys see. And, um, one of them, like, I had three, I had my wife make three different adverts. One was, um, we'll pay for fish, bludo And, uh, three, three people, yeah, three of them saw that one. So, um, or every, sorry, everybody saw that one. So I threw that one out into the table. And then, um, Two people saw um gosh, what was it? Um, we'll pay money for wolf for wolf pelts or whatever, or you can hire us to kill wolves. And it was by some wolf hunter guys. And you know, a couple people saw that one. And then finally, one of them saw like the sign that was like, oh, missing this lady in waiting. Um, also um, like, also need a new lady in waiting. Please inquire within the Burgermaster's mansion or whatever. And I was like, okay, the the big one was like, it was huge. It had a picture of a person. I was like, clearly they're gonna go for this. <laughs> what do they do? They go for the fish one. They're like, let's go. <laughs> they're like, let's go get this guy some fish. I was like, you have to be kidding me. Um, but it was great. Oh my goodness. Uh, they had a whole set. They had a whole thing where they went and they found this guy and he was trying to throw this girl into the lake because he thought she would bring back the fish, which she wouldn't. Um, and uh then they convinced him they were a fi- one of them was a fish god and um yeah it was it was fantastic and then the other one was like a the priest of the fish gods i have no idea it was so strange and so just completely just a hard left from everything and i was like this is the thing you chose to do I was like okay guys let's do it like i'm ready but it just threw me for a loop um and that was enjoyable because i had no idea they were gonna do that um and then the other one was um i uh we my wife did an origami amulet for me. Because I was like, oh, I want to have Strahd gift somebody something to create suspicion. So um, we gifted, we we created an amulet with Strahd's, like, crest on it. And um, it was this really neat, um, large jewel. And so I put it down and I told one of my players, I said, okay, uh, she plays a, a Ganassi duelist. And I was like, all right. I said, uh, Galdon, you have found this amulet. In your uh, in your bedroom, what do you do? And she was like, "Oh, well, clearly he doesn't." He's like, "She's like, does it have anything on it?" I was like, "Yeah, it's got the crest of straw on it." And she goes, "Oh no, he doesn't want anything to do with that." So I throw He throws it out in the hallway. And um, after she did that, I was like, "Well, okay, fine." Um, and after she does that, uh, one of the other characters. Who is a, a half elf bard was like oh an amulet and just picks it up and puts it on, and uh, I was like well now you have a psychic link with Strahd, so congratulations, <laughs> um, I was like good job guys so uh, that was that was really fun that then tur- that's turned into a whole plot point and it's wild because I was like that's not something I expected to do, but. Um, You know, I was like, okay, I was like, I'm going to make something really interesting in the moment, in the heat of the moment. Like, let's do this. So now they have a psychic link with Strahd, and that's really fun.
1: Uh, So this kind of leads well into our next question, which is, uh, what do you do when players don't interact with a plot or a prop or bypass it completely? Or, um, as you were kind of (laughs) saying, do something you didn't really expect them to with it? (laughs)
2: what i you know what i what i'm like kind of going for the 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 fish thing was like by far the the funniest one i think um but usually they they go right for it um because they want to use it and they're excited and um they um i don't know i i i think it's one of those things where they're just like oh i'm ready tell me what i need to do i'm gonna do this um we played a, gosh, I can't remember what it was. We played some kind of game, some kind of card game at a friend's house one time. And um, I got so inspired by that where, um, I wish I could remember what it was, but anyway, I made these um, small cards for everybody because I was like, all right, one of your favorite NPCs is going to die basically. And I said, but you can save him. um, If you within 60 seconds manage to get all of the, um, they're, they have they each had like a small deck of I can't remember I think it's like 15 cards a piece and I was like you have to get each one of your little I uh, there's an item in there a person and as long as all of your items are on the table with at the end of 60 seconds you'll you know you'll have saved him but the catch was is that there was a card in there that said um you have to take put all of your cards back in the deck shuffle them and then like deal them out again um and so it was them just, like, throwing cards down very frantically within 60 seconds. And I thought, oh, for sh- surely they'll get this done within, like, 20 seconds. No, they kept hitting those cards that said, you got to shuffle everything back in the deck, including this card. And so they were just going frantically. Um, and I had a second way in there that i I had a second set of stuff in there that basically everyone got a piece that spelled out um amulet and i said if you put Strahd's amulet on this guy it'll like keep him alive for a little bit longer and they figured it out right at the end of 60 seconds that they didn't just they didn't need to have their little pieces necessarily they needed to put the amulet on this guy and that was pretty cool because i didn't think they'd get the secondary idea down um i probably